Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Hendersonville Show. Today, I'm honored to speak with Brenda Payne, businesswoman, former chair of the Hendersonville Chamber of Commerce, and one-time mayoral candidate. Brenda is passionate about fostering sustainable growth in our city, so in today's episode, we get into the weeds on Hendersonville Horizons, a long-term plan for the future development of Hendersonville. Brenda helped develop this plan with a team of local residents and members of the Board of Mayor Alderman. This was a fascinating conversation, and I really hope you enjoy it too. Now, before diving in, I'd like to preface that we experienced some technical difficulties on the recording side, so the audio quality isn't the greatest. But bear with it. I know it'll be worth the listen. Brenda, we are live on the podcast. I think most of our listeners probably know who you are, or at least recognize the name, but would you mind just giving a brief intro and uh, telling us about yourself and your background here in Hendersonville? Oh, sure, Brendan. And first, let me thank you for inviting me to come and be on your program today. I appreciate that very much. I would tell you that I am a native of Nashville, but have lived in Hendersonville since 1976. So I consider this my home. Uh, I've served the community in a variety of capacities, and I'm not going to go through all that. But my um, most recent career path took me to the Hendersonville Chamber, where I served as the president and CEO for the last seven years of my career and retired in 2015. But in the process of that, I've been, uh, had the great good fortune to work with many, many people around this community uh, to find ways to help us be a better place to live, work, and play. And that's really kind of where the idea of Hendersonville Horizons came up. Um, so um, what we did back in 2017 was to, um, to do uh, an update of the previous visioning plan for the city, which was called Hendersonville Tomorrow. And uh, that report was released in 2007, as a matter of fact, and it really played off of previous visioning um, studies that had been done for the city going all the way back to the early and mid-90s. So there's been a lot of work done by many, many, many people in this community, really just recognizing that we're a great place to be. We want to, uh, to talk about the accomplishments that we have done and to dream big about where we might be in the future. And that's what this has always been about, is dreaming big. For, for us. Um, so, um, so we uh, started out on this uh, additional adventure for Hendersonville Horizons in 2017. Um, so I don't know how much further you want me to go with that. Or, or no, I mean, that, that, that's a great background. And I think a lot of people will probably recognize elements of Hendersonville tomorrow or Hendersonville Horizons. Um, but maybe not know what it is. So I, I'm curious, you, you mentioned talks about this started in the, in the 90s. Do you, do you know anything about like the history or the background and how all of this kind of came to fruition or anything you know? I'd, I'd be curious about just the background of how all of this came up to uh, the 2017 plans. Well, yes. And, and um, 
I, I won't go into a tremendous amount of detail, but in, in the early 90s, the Middle Tennessee region and the, the folks in this area recognized that we were becoming an economic engine uh, here for the whole state of Tennessee. And so um, in, in that recognition, uh, there was an understanding that we needed to plan. We mm. needed to make sure that we didn't just let things happen to us, but we mm. needed to plan for the things that we wanted to happen. And so uh, leaders in specifically the Nashville area began to reach out to the, the contiguous counties around Davidson County and start taking a look at just planning processes in general. And so there was a, a, an initial plan that came about in the mid nineties called Partnership 2020 um, or Partnership 2000, I should say. I, I got two decades ahead of myself. Um, so Partnership 2000. And so uh, we in Sumner County began a plan uh, for the county and Hendersonville did a plan itself for just the city. And that ran us through um, the time frame that, that we got to uh, Hendersonville tomorrow and then moving forward. So the Horizons plan is an update for uh, the Hendersonville tomorrow plan, uh, recognizing that there were things in it that had been accomplished there were things in it that may, may not still be relevant um, uh, or needed to be updated in a, a different way, but also that there were things that uh, had already been accomplished that meant that we could do some, some other dreaming. But I really think the big piece to that is this, and that is that we wanted to be the masters of our own universe. We wanted to make sure that, that we were working to manage and um, control the kind of growth and amenities and, and um, benefits that we could provide, not only to our existing population, but to people who were moving in here and have begun to move in here in droves. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting if you look at like the historical population of Hendersonville. I mean, it, it wasn't that long ago we were measuring it in hundreds and not thousands. Um, <laughs> I mean, just exponential growth, I think kind of starting in the, the mid seventies is what it seemed like. And it's, it's just gone from there. So you, you're right about one thing, there's growth and it, I mean, I guess to sum it up, Hendersonville Horizons is basically, okay, we have all this coming. How are we going to do it in a planful way that, that makes sense and builds the, the infrastructure and the amenities and stuff that we want as a city in say 2030, 2040, even a hundred years from now. I mean, you know, why not look that far ahead? Is that a fair assessment? That's, that's absolutely fair. Um, being intentional about uh, what we want to look like as a city is uh, the best way to grow a city. Now, that doesn't mean that things aren't gonna come your way that you weren't expecting that you've got to deal with um, in, in when it gets there and, and that sort of thing. But um, having a sort of a roadmap and recognizing that sometimes you veer off the roadmap a bit, but you come back onto the main road <laughs> at, at yep. some time. Uh, 
So what, what would you say are the main elements? I, you know, it's a massive document, but what, what are the main, like the key elements or key things of Hendersonville Horizons that, that you would like to touch on or are most proud of, you know, having been a part of that? Well, you're right. There, there's a lot to unpack in that document uh, because there's so many complexities to any city. But the three main targets that, uh, that we focused on were the livability of the city, uh, how, how do we create an environment where people can work here, what would that look like? Uh, and then the other side to that is, uh, what do we do to play? I mean, we want to have fun here as well. Of so course. I'm going to read um, a little bit of information that might give us um, some understanding of the scope of what we were trying to look at. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, and, and I'll also tell you that, that um, in preparation for this, uh, there, uh, there was a, um, a committee that was appointed by the, the mayor and working with the Chamber of Commerce, um, Eddie Roberson, who is a, um, an alderman, uh, and I co-chaired this committee. There were eight people on that committee, folks who uh, were very well respected, are very well respected in the community. And then beyond that, we developed three focus groups for Live, Work, and Play, uh, who worked on uh, some of the initial um, pieces of this. Uh, we also did a survey of the community and had about 12, 1,400 responses uh, and that survey went out uh, throughout the city, through the city website, through the chamber website, um, uh, through local churches, through the education community. So we, we did our best to cast a really wide net to get information um, back to us so that we could then pull that information and develop this document. So, hmm. And wh when was that just a timestamp? Was that 2016-ish? Late 16 and, and through 2017. Okay. It, it took us about 15 months to pull this document together. Um, and and we, we had folks in so many diverse areas. Uh, our, all of our city departments, of course, were involved um, with this, but, but we had DECA students from Hendersonville High. Uh, we had students from Beach and Merrill High, uh, High School uh, involved in it. Um, so it was a, a broad brush sort of look from, from residents here, from all walks of life. Um, the LIVE working group uh, wanted to explore what made our city uh, a wonderful place to live and what changes might come about that would enhance our way of life in the future. And, Topics that were included in that category were traffic and law enforcement and fire protection and social community activities, cultural life, educational issues, city beautification, neighborhood issues, road conditions, and senior citizens issues. And I'll tell you, I, I placed a, a real emphasis on the uh, senior citizens issues because a, I am one, and B, <laughs> um, we are becoming a mecca for retirees in this area. And so uh, for huh. us as a city, 
uh, to recognize that, that we need to understand what are the needs for seniors who are moving to this area or who already live here. So that was a piece of that. Gotcha. Um, and then on the, um, the work side, uh, we were looking at, you know, how do we attract uh, and maintain the strong business environment that, that we already have in this community uh, and to build companies here that could create jobs for us. Um, it, it's, it wasn't a matter of us trying to look at how do we become an internal city so that everybody who lived here worked here. That wasn't the deal. Um, mm-hmm. It was a recognition that, that we had an ability to um, have enough business in our city so that not as many folks had to travel into Nashville to, to work. There's a pretty large part of our population and still is uh, that commutes to the, the Nashville area and sometimes even further down into Williamson County on a daily mm. basis. But That's a hike. It, it is a hike, uh, but, but we wanted to find ways to attract and, and uh, retain quality jobs for our citizens. Uh, so so, so can, can I ask you, um, and may, maybe you were about to say this and my apologies, but I, I'm curious, how, how do you attract businesses? Because I know uh, oftentimes you hear a city will give tax breaks or something like that to get a corporation to come, but we're not talking about Amazon moving their headquarters to Hendersonville. We're talking you know, small businesses, medical centers, whatever it might be. But I, I'm curious, what, what types of things are they looking for? Like the play aspect I get, like we put a park in and people love that, you know, that's a little more simple, but what do you do for businesses? Well, I would remind you that Facebook is moving to Gallatin. So uh, it's, it's not a matter that it's just small businesses that, that move to Sumner County. Uh, there, there is an opportunity in, in our community to attract larger businesses. Now, Hendersonville does not have uh, as much land mass uh, that's available as, um, as a town like Gallatin does. But, but um, it's not impossible for us to get some, some bigger companies around. Mm-hmm. But to answer your questions, the things that big companies are looking for and small companies are looking for um, are uh, quality education. They're looking for um, quality of life issues like are there parks? Are there sporting opportunities for their kids? Um, they're looking for, is there a, a um, state-of-the-art uh, library in your community? Are there places to shop? Are there places to eat? Um, there, uh, so, and, and what the housing stock is. Mm. Uh, because you're not looking at just housing for your um for, for your management level, your CEO, you know, um, C-suite sorts of folks, although you have to have those, but uh, for companies moving here, they need to know that there's housing stock available for all levels of employees that, that are going to be employed by this company. Um, so it's, it's a lot. It's, it's how, how are their kids going to be educated? Summer County uh, is blessed that we have a community college. We have two four-year institutions here 
one of which can provide graduate degrees as well. Um, and we also have a TCAD, which is um, um, the uh, Applied Sciences, uh, the, the Tennessee uh, Comprehensive Applied Technology Schools is what I'm trying to say. So we have a huge variety of educational opportunities. So um, we're a very attractive community for that, that sort of thing. Um, does that answer your question? Yeah, I think, I think that makes sense. And kind of going back to the first point, it, it almost sounds like if you get the, you know, if you have live, work and play, if you get live and play right, then it makes it a, a desirable city to then work in and subsequently live in as well. So it, it almost seems like that increasing trend that people want to live near where they work and kind of a consolidation of, of everything around where people live, work and, and play. Um, and that if the city gets it right on the other two, then the employers are going to move there. And that's why you're seeing a lot of companies relocating to Tennessee or Austin, Texas and in places like that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I would say that um, you're right, that there are tax incentives that are, uh, can be made available, particularly to larger companies. Mm-hmm. Um, but <clears throat> that happens more at the state level than it does at the local level. So that makes sense. We're, we, we as a city, um, to my knowledge, have not been engaged in, in much of that um, or any of that, as far as I know. But, uh, but those tax incentives come at a different level of, of government. But, but you also hit the nail on the head in, in this respect, Brandon. Um, you'll notice as, as I describe some of this, there is a great amount of crossover in all of these activities and in, in all of these categories because um, livability has a lot to do with what are your recreational opportunities and um, uh, work has a lot to do with what are your educational attainments, which is a part of your living piece that, that we talked about educational issues. So there's a lot of crossover in, in all of this. Public safety is a big piece that um, that we talk about in the livability piece, but it's also a piece that gets looked at in the work environment because mm-hmm. employers want to know that they are going to have a business in a safe environment, that, that there is uh, an amenity there that, that provides police and fire and um, EMS and all of those things. So it's, it's all kind of wound up in a big circle if you really think about it. Yeah, that, that makes sense. So it's not so much three separate elements of live, work, and play. It's that they're all intertwined. Yeah, it's how they link together. Absolutely. Um, so on the work side of it, the focus, the topics in that group included industrial development, um, infrastructure development, worker training issues, regional transportation issues, the lakefront development opportunities, office space capacity, those, those kinds of things. Uh, and those are all big topics uh, to, to talk about. And then that play group, uh, and, and in some ways, people thought that this was a little more fluff, but it really isn't because what the play piece of this does it gets to the fabric of the community. It gets mm-hmm. how we 
how we love on each other, how, how we connect with each other in ways outside of just going to work and coming home and, and planting our flowers in front of our house and, and that sort of thing. So, um, so we did want to look at the recreational and social needs um, of, of our city and what resources uh, might help us be a healthier place to live. So we looked at uh, recreational opportunities and needs, regional sports opportunities, green space needs, bike trails, um, the lake recreational opportunities. And we talked about that with the lakefront development, you know, the, in the work side, the lakefront development had to do with what kind of businesses can we um, uh, leverage off of the lake. But in the play side, it's, how do we use the lake for our enjoyment as, as a citizen? You know, how, how do we get out Absolutely. there? You know, how do we swim there? How do we, whatever we want to do on that lake. So it's, it's so. a phenomenal asset. And I mean, I can just speak personally. I, I work online, work from home and, and have so for a, a number of years. So my, my family relocated to Hendersonville and we could have lived really anywhere in the world and, chose here because of the lake and a lot of this quote unquote play stuff that, that you're mentioning. And I remember when we were first moving here, I looked at the, at the time, the Hendersonville tomorrow plan and kind of was optimistic about, okay, we have this asset and it seems to be moving in the right direction. So I, you know, you call the play, 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 play piece uh, fluff, but it's, it's very much what holds it all together, at least from my perspective. Well, it absolutely does, and and I, I simply was was indicating that that some people thought it might look like fluff, but it really isn't. It's it is the glue in in all of the other pieces here because in in many respects, Hendersonville is what it is today because of the lake. Um, mm-hmm. The lake was developed here uh, in the late fifties. Um, Hendersonville was kind of a greasy spot on the map. <laughs> um, uh, you, you could probably throw a rock from one boundary to the other in Hendersonville back in those days. And so the, the opportunity that the, the lake afforded Hendersonville to, uh, to be attractive and grow and, and that sort of thing has just been phenomenal for us. So yeah, the, the lake is, has been this, a simple piece. So can I ask you about some of the, the elements of play that I think, you know, maybe have been hot button issues, not the right word, but just ideas that have been thrown around. Um, I'm just like curious what, how much of this is in the plan. So like greenway sidewalk development, I even saw at one point, and I'm not sure if this is still in the plan, but a boardwalk of some sort along the lake. Um, I think that was in the Hendersonville tomorrow uh, plan from 2007. So I'm just curious what of those elements are there and, you know, what, you know, what direction that's headed in, at least from what you've seen. Um, Well, certainly uh, a a boardwalk element has been something that was in the tomorrow plan and was moved on as, um, as a part of the Horizons plan too. We didn't lock that off and say that's no longer any good. The reality is there are lots of people who still would like to see 
that as a reality. Um, and, and I think that there are plans that are still um, in the works. It's been um, a bit of, um, an issue is the wrong word, but it's, it's been a bit of a long-term process simply because of property values, uh, because of some downturns in the economy about the time that that might have happened. The recession came along in 2008 mm. and it kind of put things on hold and, and that sort of thing. Um, but I do think that from an economic development standpoint, there is still a lot of um, a, a, a lot of vision being cast toward that uh, as a part of how we um, how we develop the lakefront. And I would also tell you this: uh, that that also bookends another piece of the plan, which was revitalizing the west side of town. So uh, so from the um, Three Hill Road side of town all the way up to Sanders Ferry, which is where that lakefront development mm-hmm. talked about that boardwalk sort of uh, process. That's uh, those are two bookends of the revitalization, and so it's a matter of do you begin to uh, and the plan has uh, a vision that says. We want to do that. We want to, to uh, redevelop, do infill development on the west side of town. Do you start it on the far west side of town? Do you start it on the lakefront piece and move them together? I don't know. But those are things that I, I hope that, that people who are uh, in leadership roles are still looking at. I, I know that there's a, a lot of emphasis that was placed on that in this particular plan. The plan has a lot of uh, information in it, uh, or, or at least dreams uh, about doing strategic plans for developing more sidewalks, more greenways, mm-hmm. more bike paths, um, more street lighting, more all of those things. So, uh, so those things are all a piece of that. Um, I'd also tell you that from the from the play side, there, there was um, a, a, a real hope that we would develop a multi-purpose center for the arts and for, um, uh, for, for drama, for the visual arts, for whatever that might be, a conference center sort of thing. And that was a carryover from the previous plan. Um, it, but it, we didn't want to lose sight of that because it still is something that this community would like to see. Um, uh, and, and I'd also mention that one of the big pieces of dreaming out of the Tomorrow Plan was the public library. And that got born out of that plan. Um, and, and there was a recognition that the city probably couldn't do both at that time. Couldn't mm-hmm. do both it's not cheap. On a multi-purpose center. But we did the library. So now the idea is what's the opportunity to, to move forward on, on that sort of So did, did we not have a library previous to the current one opening? We did. There, okay. there was a library over um, off of uh, Dunn Street. It's where the Hendersonville Samaritan Center is today. Okay. Curtis Public Library, much smaller facility, did not have uh, the capacity that uh, our current library does, 
Um, one of the things, um, and, and I think this is important to, to come back to from a, a, a little bit ago, one of the things that was happening as businesses would come in to take a look at our community was they looked at our library and said, this is not adequate. This, this, is, not, um, this is not something that we think is um, current enough for us to, to bring our families to your plan. And so there became an economic development driver that, that was to uh, produce a livability asset for our citizens, but, but it got done because of an economic development driver in, in the fair. So, so uh, like I said, all of this stuff works together. Um, so, yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, can I ask, and this is kind of going back to something you mentioned earlier with, you know, kind of the central district going from Freehill road up to Sanders Ferry, but the, the, the plan kind of outlines that as the old town, so to speak, um, at least to some extent. And that is something, you know, compared to a Gallatin, we don't have an old town or a city center. So I I'm curious what you know if you could outline like what that plan looks like for a quote-unquote city center um and then i'm also curious how much uh the development of the shops at indian lake and the library being moved out in that direction did that supplant plans for an old town um to some extent or is that still kind of in the works well um I, i do think that when you take a look at the way cities uh, grow, um, they ebb and flow, and uh, sometimes new things get built and they become the shiny new thing. And I am delighted that the streets of Indian Lake is there. It's created uh, um, an economic engine for us as a city that uh, we would not have had for a long time if it didn't just come up out of the ground. So, so that that's a great thing. I, I'm, I don't know that it supplanted what was going on, but it appeared to be something at that time. I think that could be done quicker than the redevelopment of the town center. There, and there were some political things that went on back in those days about where the library was going to be located, and uh, there were factions that wanted it in town center, and other factions that wanted it over in the the streets side. Um, and as in any political battle, some people win and some people don't. Mm-hmm. And so that's where it is. So it really doesn't matter about what happened then. It did happen and that's where it is. And it's been a great amenity for our city. But but I think what's interesting is, um, and is that the revitalization of that west side of town is something that has continued to be important for, for us as a city. It was important in the Tamara plan, and it's very important in the Horizons plan. Um, and so uh, I can't tell you where that is. I can tell you that in, in the ebb and flow of business, when, when a new shiny dollar comes over here, then some parts of town become, begin to, to, to look uh, a little warm. And so then it's time to help that 
um, that more worn area get shined up a little bit. And so that's what this is all about, is finding ways to redevelop that area there. Um, and I, I, I really am confident that our economic development folks, both with the city and through the Hendersonville Chamber, uh, working together, um, will be uh, involved in, and probably already are, in the process of finding ways to revitalize that, that site plan. A lot of time what that means is you start in an area. So you have what's called infill development. So somebody decides that they want to, um, to sell their, their property and all of a sudden there's an opportunity for something brand new to come there. I would, however, be very quick to remind you that there's already been some of that. If you look at, um, uh, at some of the buildings and some of the strip centers down along through there, there's been some refreshing of those buildings. Mm -hmm. The one that comes to mind is uh, right on Walton Ferry. You got the Jersey Mike's and uh, stuff and, like that. They, you know, a, a facelift, uh, so to speak. Absolutely. And, and there's a building there um, about at um, Chivalry Drive, right across from um, the Captain D's, that is mm -hmm. now all your wealth management building. And so that building got a total overhaul and, and uh, is a nice looking office space there. And so different places are doing uh, some of that. But, um, but I, that, that plan is, is certainly not dead. I think it's in the works in ways that it can be. Uh, I would also mention that a big part of the um, delay in development in that west side of town is simply because of infrastructure and a lack of sewer in that area. Hmm. Um, and so it's pretty difficult to, um, to develop much in the way uh, of businesses that, that would depend on, uh, on that sort of infrastructure uh, when all they could do is use a septic tank system. Uh, so um, what happened in about 2010-11, uh, the chamber worked with the city uh, and the Hendersonville Utility District uh, to first identify that that was an issue for businesses there, and secondly, for, uh, for the uh, city and the utility district to work together um, jointly uh, to negotiate a new sewer system that was actually uh, installed by the Hendersonville Utility District. A HUD is not a part of the city, so I don't want to confuse anybody in that. <laughs> the city does not own utilities, but this was an opportunity for the city to collaborate with this private utility district. So we're grateful to the Hendersonville Utility District for their initiative to spend the kind of dollars that it took for them to build a whole new system there for people to be able to tap into uh, as it's needed. Uh, so that had to happen in order for, uh, for businesses to even be able to start developing in that area down the line. So that makes sense. Thanks, Tom. So uh, on a similar note with, with infrastructure, um, Traffic and roads is another thing that I, I often hear a lot about people talking about it on Facebook. And I, I totally get it. You go, you go down 
main street at 5 PM and it's, it's a traffic jam. And I fortunately work at home and try to avoid it at all costs, but you can't always do that. So, um, I I'm curious what, you know, what in the plan talks about traffic and infrastructure, you know, you can widen roads at least to some extent, but we, we do have water on, you know, three sides of us in, in some places. So what, what do we do about that? And then there's also talks for public transit and, you know, maybe, maybe that's the solution. Um, I've kind of been a proponent and maybe this is more of a progressive view, but that public transit and greenways and stuff could be utilized to transport people to, to work or to wherever. And that would lighten the load of traffic, but, um, that's not a tomorrow thing. That's, you know, maybe 10, 20 years in the future. So I'm just curious your thoughts on that. Um, well, I, I would ask this question. Would you prefer to have a traffic jam or a situation where you could shoot a cannon off down through the middle of Dalton Road and not uh, hit anything? Um, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that, that's a good question. I, I simply say that because... Um, it's all relative, right? I mean... It's relative, and you have to be careful what you, you ask for. Uh, traffic is certainly um, a headache. Um, and, and it's difficult to, um, uh, to see the changes, particularly for people who have lived here for a long time. Um, but, but what has happened over the last 15 to 20 years is we as a city have been able to attract enough um, restaurants and shops and, and businesses here that before you would have to drive to Nashville or certainly down to the Rivergate Madison area and, and many times even across town to get some of the things that you needed and wanted uh, mm. as you lived here. Um, that might entail uh, a 35, 45 hour long drive for you today. Minute, uh, minute long drive. Yeah, yeah. Today, um, yeah, it might take you fifteen or twenty minutes to get to something, but you can still get it here. And and so the traffic, uh, yeah, it's it's not great. And I think when we synchronize those lights, it'll help. And and so we'll we'll do that. Um, but we're not going to stop growth. You just have to manage the growth that comes in. And you have to plan and do strategic planning in your land use planning um, and that sort of thing in order to make sure that you, um, and I'm not even going to say stay ahead, but at least keep up with <laughs> the needs that you have. Right. No city in the world has enough money to get ahead of its infrastructure needs. Um, but but there are um, strategies for um, for making sure that what's coming in can accommodate as much of that growth as possible, and then you're moving on out. Now, I will say that uh, there are some uh, plans in the works for our um, land use and transportation plan here. Um, that will widen roads. Rockland Road is one of those that's uh, looking at diverting traffic off of Gallatin Road. Yeah, I'm really sorry about that. You are on a roll. Uh, I don't know where I got to. So um, technical difficulties, but you mentioned you mentioned the widening of Rockland Road to ease some of the traffic on Main Street, and um, we're we're kind of going from there when we got. Yeah, going. exactly. Um, 
and and so I guess what what I would say is that um, the the plan as people talk through it. Um, recognize the need for us as a city to do a better job of infrastructure. And infrastructure doesn't just mean roads. Uh, infrastructure has to do with stormwater drainage. It has to do with sidewalks. It has to do with broadband. It has to do with all mm -hmm. kinds of things. Uh, it's not just roads. And, and Roads are just what everyone notices on a daily basis when, <laughs> when they're angry, but it, everything else matters. Um, and, and so now I, I do think that there are opportunities for us as you look at the land use plan to say these are corridors where we're going to grow. You're absolutely right. We are surrounded by water here. So our, our growth opportunities are going to be uh, north and west of us. And so what are the things that we as a city do? Uh, we need to make sure that as we lay that, that out, that we create the capacity for the wider roads, whether we build them or not initially, but at least make sure that we've, we've got enough um, um, frontage on those roads so that we can add lanes as we need to do that. I'm sorry that that didn't happen actually on Indian Lake mm -hmm. Boulevard because that would have created uh, an, an opportunity for us to, uh, and I'm not saying it can't still be done, but it would be a little more difficult. Mm -hmm. But I think the thing is, within the plan, there was a recognition that um, that we we needed to um, keep up with infrastructure. That transit was, in fact, something that uh, the citizens were uh, wanting us as a city to look at, uh, both uh, interurban and intraurban. Um, and and I say that because there are two sides to this and. And one of them I thought was really pretty interesting. You know, we've talked a lot about what might we do about um, um, bus rapid transit? What might we do with light rail? What might we do with greenways to, to, for, for people to, uh, to get on their bicycle? That isn't going to be me, by the way, but it, there are people <laughs> at the end of this area who would like to do that, that kind of connectivity. Um, uh, and those are things that citizens said we ought to be in the conversation, be in the conversation because we want to be at the table to say what's right for our city. Uh, and, and regardless of what we do to participate. But beyond that, there was uh, a, another vision that said, as we grow, what about us having uh, maybe tram systems here that, that would allow folks to travel within our city, uh, not city buses, that, that sort of thing. That kind of has a different connotation to it, but something that's, that's really kind of aesthetically pleasing. Um, they do it already in Franklin, but it's, it's a matter of having something that keeps cars off the road. People could pick them up at different stations and go and do their shopping and have lunch and come back and pick up their car at their little parking place and go home. And, and so it's, it, it was just one of those kinds of things for us as a city to take a look at. Also would create um, uh, an amenity for seniors maybe who 
live in some of that old town area and some who might live out from that who don't drive anymore, but they would have access to transportation and not, uh, not feel as isolated. Uh, I think so. so. And I, I mean, that, that's kind of an interesting idea. And I, I think there's a lot of people who might say, well, I would never use a tram system and that sort of thing. But I, I do think that is the future. Um, not that we'll all be using trams to get places, but you know, maybe families go from having two or three cars to just one car. And, you know, that, that would incentivize me to just go down to one car. And then if you need to run to the grocery store, you hop on the tram and it's a little less convenient, but you're saving a car payment every month or whatever it might be. I think that's an interesting idea. Well, it, yeah, it is an interesting idea. And I think as the, as the decades roll on and younger folks get involved in the conversation, and I certainly hope they will, um, there's, there's going to be a shift in how we think about what our lifestyles are going to look like and what our needs are going to, uh, to be. Um, if, if I could, I, I wanted to just point out a couple of new ideas that came out of some of these um, uh, out of the discussions, uh, along with some ongoing things, so that we get a feel of, of the, the, some of the specific things that, that folks absolutely in those meetings. Um, on the the live side of things, um, a couple of, of ideas that that got carried over from the Tomorrow Plan into Horizons again was revitalizing West Main and the Town Center. Uh, utilizing the lakefront um, and and updating our planning and zoning to do exactly what we were talking about then, and that is to make sure that we've got the right plans in place for infrastructure um, and then strategies for housing, sidewalks, lighting. But the new option, the new idea that came out of that live side of it was exploring transit options for inner city as well as uh, as our uh, regional kind of thing uh, from and the for, work for clarification inner yes. that we're talking inner city meaning going to say nashville or gallatin or whatever uh versus intra-city being within hendersonville did i get that right well the ideas are exactly right yeah okay. i probably but yes, there are two ideas: one, one going outside of our city and down into uh, out into the region, and the, uh, the in, interurban, I guess, uh, use here in in this, within the city. Gotcha. That makes sense. Okay. Um, from from the work side, um, we were um, one of the new ideas that came out of that, and and I think this was really. A, a bright thing for us to do. I don't know exactly where it stands at this point, but um, there was an idea that came out uh, to develop an identity, branding, and strategies to promote the city. And, and this would be a, a whole new initiative uh, that we could use to market the city. Uh, we've used City by the Lake a, a lot for, for a number of years, but we wanted mm -hmm. to make sure that that was uh, that was still relevant for us. Uh, maybe it needed to be updated, that sort of thing, but really a branding initiative that we as a city have, have never done. Uh, so, um, so I think that was a great idea that came out of that. One of them was to define the economic development role and uh, 
um, uh, hire an ECD person there at the city, um, define that role and provide the adequate resources. And a lot of that stuff has already been accomplished, I'm, I'm glad to say. And so we've got a full-time person in there. One of the ideas there too, uh, which was a part of the branding piece was to establish targeted business uh, sections that we would want to go after. Um, do we want to be known as a center for architects or engineers or um, the medical community or whatever it, it was? And I'm not saying what it should be. I'm just saying that that was, uh, that was a piece of it. Um, and then in the, uh, in the play side, um, and I, we, we had an ongoing piece about the multi-purpose center maintaining a commitment to public safety. And I want to say that uh, again, because uh, a big part of this uh, uh, community uh, is, is really uh, very glad that we have the kind of fire and police protection that we have and, mm -hmm. and we're supportive of it and wanted to make sure that we were and still looking at that. Promoting healthy living strategies for uh, for building new parks, planning for the amount of park space that we would need based on the population growth that we have, and looking out into the future about where those parks might be and serve uh, all segments uh, of our community. Greenways were in that. I just got to say I, a shout out to the park service. Cause I think, I think the parks here that we currently have are, are phenomenal. I, Andy Gilly has been on the show a couple times and I, I think, I think they've done a great job. So, um, and, and look forward to a lot of the plans that they have uh, for, for future parks. Well, they do a great job and, and I will, um, I, I hope I'm not speaking for Andy. I certainly don't want to do that, but I'm fairly certain that Andy has, uh, has lifted things out of this plan as he has developed plans for the park system. Uh, and, and so I've seen him as a great advocate for this plan. And, and you know, so, so I'm, I'm delighted that, that that's been uh, a part of his thought process as well. But our, park, our parks are, um, really uh, a shining star in, in our community. Um, one of the plans in this, in, uh, one of the dreams in this was to have um, parks for rugby and lacrosse and, and expanded parks for soccer. Well, we just opened up a rugby park, you know, so. Really? I, I didn't know that. Where's that located? Uh, it's down uh, just outside of Durham Farms. Okay. Uh, so, uh, and that, that got initiated through uh, a group of private citizens, but got born out of this, this plan and the, the, the idea that we needed that. So, um, so, like I said, there are things that are happening out of this plan, whether it's quite as, um, I guess, um, formally structured as, as I, I hope it will be at some point in time. One of the new initiatives that came out of this plan was a recycling um, need for a citywide recycling. And, and that, that's, that idea has been up and down for a variety of reasons. Cost is one of them, I know. And mm -hmm. I still think that there are ways that, that we could accommodate that at a level that we've done. 
create uh, good opportunities for, for people throughout the city. Um, and, and then just making sure that we would attract the attractive entrances at every gateway of our city. Uh, you know, Mayor Foster helped with the west side of town back several years ago uh, to create uh, a more attractive entrance to the west side. Is that where you have the sign, Welcome to Hendersonville, coming well, off that, the 386? That's kind of the end of it. If you look at it, it's it's really beginning from Mansfield Creek on the end where they put the median there and the trees are in the middle and that sort of thing. It's okay. A turn lane there. Um, and quite honestly, that got born out of the public safety issue because uh, there were so many traffic accidents that were happening in that, that turn lane. And so the city got grants to to build the, the medium and, and do the street lighting and all that stuff. And it created a more attractive gateway in from, um, from, from the west side of town. The, the, the east side of town in Gal, down Gallatin Road is, is, you know, it's very attractive and that sort of thing. But I mm-hmm. to make sure Shackle Island is another gateway into our city from the northwest side. And so uh, finding ways to, to make sure that however you come to Hendersonville, um, is, is a, it looks nice. And it's, um, you know, you're in Hendersonville and you know, it's awesome. Exactly. So, um, so it's you know there are just so many things in in the plan. I mean, you could spend the next thirty years implementing all of them. And and obviously, uh, you you have to factor in where the the funds are coming from. Although not everything in this plan is going to require funds, mm-hmm. um, but um, a lot of it required. Uh, looking out to uh, how how do you how do you plan uh, beautifying an area? How do you plan building sidewalks? Uh, how do you budget for that? You know what what are you looking at uh, throughout the community and on roads that don't have sidewalks today, and making sure that that we create that opportunity. So that and and that's not just. It's not just to have a sidewalk. That's also then bleeds into how we have a healthier city. Mm-hmm. Because right now you have to get in your car to get somewhere, or you get run over. But if you have a way to walk there, it will encourage more people to walk to that uh, that local Jersey Marks instead. Of I I would definitely ride my bike there if if I could, but um. The, the sidewalk going down Walton Ferry, it kind of goes from Hawkins Middle School to Walton Ferry Elementary, but it, it just ends. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't go the complete way, so can't quite make it to Main Street, but that's okay. Um, but um, but I'm, I'm um, so glad that so many people were impassioned to do this, who had really good visions about uh, how we could move forward and what they hoped the the city uh, and and the city's partners could do uh, to to make these things a reality. Uh, the government's not going to do all of it, but the government has a big role to play in bringing other people into the process. 
into casting that vision so that, that everybody can work collaboratively to, um, to make the things happen. Is it, is it safe to say that it's kind of an investment? Like every little piece that we do brings the businesses, which brings funding, maybe funding some infrastructure. And it's kind of this thing, once you get going, you, you start building momentum and you have exponential growth, maybe albeit slow exponential growth, but it, it just kind of builds with each element that you, I don't know, it's all, it's all tied together. Um, but is that, is that kind of a fair assessment? You do a little bit and that helps fuel a little bit more in the right direction. Well, I think it's absolutely safe to say that. And, and I, I, I certainly don't want to, um, uh, to capture this as, as only an investment in economic growth, uh, because even though that's a piece of it, and you have to have that in order to pay for some of the, the things that you're wanting to do. Um, but we're, this plan really talked about an investment in our people. Mm -hmm. That's really the, where the investment is. The investment is in how can we create a community that makes us safer, that keeps us healthier, that educates us better, that, um, that uh, provides a way for us to think about life in a broader way than we might have if we didn't have all of those amenities around us. And, and so, yes, it's an investment, certainly. It's an investment in our lives. Um, and, and that's the important part about it. Some, sometimes those investments cost money, but oh my goodness, uh, the payoff on that is worth so much more than the dollars you might have thrown into it. Because think about the kids who get raised here, who uh, have such a good experience at, uh, at how they grew up here, and they get their education, and they come back here. And they make life in Hendersonville better because of their experiences, both here growing up and through their education. And so they come back and they become a part of the fabric of the community and build our city through its churches and through its recreational opportunities and through the new business that they bring. So, yeah, it's a snowball effect mm -hmm. in, in all of that. I think we... We need to try to look more long term. It's not what's happening tomorrow or next year, but you know, ten years, fifty years. I mean, what you know? Why not? Uh, can I can I just ask one more question? And it's you know maybe taking the opposing viewpoint. Maybe you could steel man that argument. But for some people who might say we don't want any more growth in the city, we we can't handle it. Hendersonville's growing enough. But what what would you say to that? And I I kind of have a thought. Um, that growth is inevitable and you either control it or you don't. But what would you say to that? Well, <clears throat> I, I do know that growth is a hot button uh, for people, and uh, but not for all people. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a lot of people who are, are I, I'd say the majority is behind what you're talking about. I, I, I would say that, that growth is inevitable. Um, we, we are not going to be able to shut a door at the county line. Um, and um, I, I do, I have said this to, to people. I moved here 46 years ago. I'm really, really glad that, that uh, 
at the stage that Hendersonville was at 12,000 or so residents, that, that nobody shut the door and said, you're not welcome here. Um, I, I hope that I've brought my strengths and talents in, in many positive ways to this community. And what I know is that there are many people who are moving here who we don't even know yet what their strengths and talents might be who could um, improve us in exponential ways. Uh, so yes, growth can be messy and it can be frustrating, but I really still believe and have confidence that if we plan right, and planning is the key, if we just let it go and don't look at it, how we make it work better, uh, then yes, growth is going to be more and more frustrating. But if we plan it the right way, we can at least keep the frustration to a reasonable level. Um, and, and so we're an attractive community. We're an attractive region. We're an attractive state. Um, and people are going to come and they're going to live here and they're going to they're going to buy houses here and they're going to add to the, the, the real health of our community in so many ways that we just, we can't even imagine today. So um, I, I tend to look on the glass half full kind of side, um, as I hope you can hear in the conversation we've had today. Um, Take the, take the really good stuff and be proud of that and do everything you can to mitigate the issues with the not so good stuff and make it as good as you can and recognize that, you know, we don't, we don't live in paradise yet. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm not looking to get to paradise today, but, uh, but paradise is a different place. Uh, we, we, uh, we are in the best place on earth that we can be right now. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, Brenda, I think we've gone a little over an hour. So just to wrap it up, I'm curious if you, had any closing remarks or just asks of people of Hendersonville where, you know, where can people find out more about this and, and what can they do to, to help support it? Well, um, I would just encourage people to stay engaged. Um, I am not aware, uh, I haven't looked on the website, so I am sorry that, that it's not there, but the planning department, um, that the city of Hendersonville certainly has access to, uh, to this plan. Um, and so I would just encourage people to uh, look at things that uh, they, they would like to see happen uh, to, uh, to send that information on into the city and say, you know, how, how can I help? I mean, um, the, the city can't do this by itself. The chamber can't do it by itself. Uh, we have lots of civic clubs around. They're doing a lot of different things too. Um, but um, um, but I, I just would encourage people to get out of their daily routine and say, what can I do to help this city that is so good to me? Um, 
And so I think that would be a parting comment for me. Well said. I love it. Brenda, thank you for, uh, for coming on. This was great. And uh, I really enjoyed talking with you today. I've enjoyed it too. It's been my pleasure. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you to everyone who tuned into this episode of the Hendersonville show. And thank you to Brenda Payne for this awesome conversation. There are definitely some exciting things to come. So I hope this is something we can all strive for and look forward to together as a community. Now, before we go, I'd like to leave you with a short quote from Eleanor Roosevelt. The future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their own dreams. Until next time, stay classy, Hendersonville.